What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Stevie G, and welcome to the Resilience on the Rocks podcast, where we discuss success and failures because life will beat you down. How hard you fight to get back up and on top matters the most. So sit back and relax, and if you are home and settled in, go ahead and pour yourself up some Resilience on the Rocks. everybody it's your host dvg and welcome back to another episode of resilience on the rocks with me today i have jen singer she's gonna let her do all the introducing and let her take say her piece but first i'll say how i met her right uh, i've been posting on different uh media platforms on facebook for different podcasts just to get my podcast out there she came across my my post and here we are so jen go ahead and uh introduce yourself to everybody Yes, thank you, Stevie. Yes. So I know a little something about resilience because I am a cancer, COVID, and heart failure survivor, uh, and I'm also a medical writer. So I took those two things, the experience and the expertise, and created a series of ebooks called the Just Diagnose Guide. They they are the not scary, not confusing alternatives to Doctor Google. You know, when someone gets diagnosed and they go online and they Google it and scare the heck out of themselves, <laughs> this is uh, the alternative to that. Okay, awesome. I know I'm, I'm definitely a victim of it. Uh, Dr. Google has been uh, <laughs> something I go to automatically, and, and I'm, I'm sure that your content probably goes more deep into what someone should expect when they're looking for a Google diagnosis. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's it's a combination of things. It's, uh, you know, what you need to know when you're diagnosed. It's how to be sick, how to support someone who's sick. You know, we're not, we're taught how to be healthy. We're not taught how to be sick. And I certainly exactly. have a lot of experience with that. <laughs> okay. So uh, tell me more, like what brought you to, to doing that, what you do now with the writing and, and pretty much starting your own, what is it called? I'm sorry. It's a uh... The Just Diagnosed Guides. Just Diagnosed, my apologies, the, the Just Diagnosed Guides. What, what brought you to do that? So, you know, if we if we go way back, I was one of the original mom bloggers back in 2003. And so I had, uh, you know, five books published from that. I've been a writer all this time. I'm a writer and a ghostwriter and a writing coach. So that's oh, wow. my um, expertise. Then in 2007, I was diagnosed with stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I had a tumor the size of a softball in my left lung. My kids were only eight oh, wow. and 10, and I just wanted to see them grow up. And I did. They're both uh, college graduates now and on their own. But then awesome. a crazy thing happened in 2020. I caught COVID early, like February. Oh, yeah. And... Um, wound up in the ER in the, you know, in New Jersey in the early days of the pandemic. And my, okay. the electrical system of my heart was shutting down. I wound up with heart failure and a pacemaker. Oh, wow. Okay. So I do want to get into all this because it seems like there's a lot of obstacles in your life that, that brought you where you are today. Just give me, give me, I guess, from the beginning, like what, how, what were you doing right before all these great events just like walking through the story like hey this is what I was doing and then now this yeah. is my first obstacle that life hit me with yeah so uh the cancer I was 
I was a healthy, otherwise healthy, 40-year-old mom coaching boys soccer. I mean, I'd be out in the field playing with them. And um, every week that I, I would play tennis and I thought I was falling out of shape because it was getting harder and harder to breathe. So this went on from October of 2006 for months. And doctors would tell me, oh, well, you're tired because you're a mom, you're busy, that kind of a thing. And so it didn't go diagnosed until June of next of the next year, where, it, where I was to the point where I was barely breathing right. And I had to take long naps every afternoon. Finally, I got diagnosed with, with cancer. And it was kind of like, told you, <laughs> see, it, it, it was almost vindication. And yet it was also, it was very hard because that kind of cancer is aggressive. So they attack it with aggressive chemo. So my hair fell out. I had to be in the hospital in New York um, for, you know, days, weeks at a time to have the treatment. And, um, and then there was still a little bit of the tumor left. So I had to have five weeks of radiation after that. Oh, wow, but I made it to remission and um, got to see my kids grow up. And then the way I like to say it is that chemo and radiation filled the barn full of dynamite and COVID lit the match. Mm. Basically, my heart had suffered from, you know, it increased my chance of having heart failure, having those kinds of treatments. Yes. But it's like I got COVID and then all of the symptoms of heart failure started. So my son, who was then a senior in college, who was home because New York had shut down, his school had shut down and he was with me, had to drive me to the ER because my heart was shutting down. Oh, I couldn't even imagine what you were going through for all this period. I mean, as soon as you found out like, hey, the diagnosis is real, I, I now have this how did it, what was going through your mind? How did it make you feel when you first found out? Cause before then you're, you know, you're living a regular life and you notice some, some symptoms, but you don't know what it is. How did it make you feel like what yeah. was going on? You know, I felt differently about each of the two life threatening diagnoses. The, the cancer was, I have a shot at beating this. We're going to fight it. Um, because I was young, I was 40 and, uh, I could withstand that kind of chemo and radiation. There were other patients who had the same diagnosis who couldn't, didn't make it because they were older and more frail. So it was a, it was kind of a go fight win kind of an attitude. Um, yeah. in just keeping my mind on the next chemo, the next radiation treatment, and just praying to God that I would see my kids grow up. So that was yes. a different mentality than in 2020. Now I'm in the hospital. My the electrical system of my heart is shutting down. I need a pacemaker at 53 years old. Yes. Um, and without it, my heart would not pump. Would not the electrical system wouldn't work, so it wouldn't pump. And the attitude was a little bit of. I've been through all of, I've been through so much. I knew how to navigate. I knew how to get the doctors to do what I needed them to do. I knew how to navigate because I yes. was alone in the hospital. It was the height of COVID. No one was allowed to be with yes. me. 
Um, So I could advocate for myself, but it was also a bit of sadness. Like on the one hand, if I hadn't had the chemo and radiation, I wouldn't be here. And on the other hand, what a shame to only make it to 53 before it took its toll. Oh yeah. I see. It, it seems like there was two different mindsets going through each event. Uh, but I do like the first part. Uh, the first part you're telling me like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm going to the next chemo. I'm going to the next appointment. Like, it sounds like you had the right mindset. And it sounds like because of what you went through, that second event could be pretty rough on you. But obviously you're here. You made it. You made it through. And it's, it's an obstacle that you overcame. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's well, heart failure is like a is like a cruel game of shoots and ladders. You, yes. you're fine. And then you're not fine. I mean, I was just in the ER again, three months ago. It just, it, heart failure causes a lot of ER visits. <laughs> and um, so it's a different mentality and that's a different brand of resilience. Oh, 100%. Cause I can't go fight when, if I yes. push my heart goes, Oh no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a totally different kind of resilience. It's more of um, an emotional resilience, which is something different than a physical resilience. 100%. I would say like most of my uh, experiences are primarily, I mean, this is definitely emotional, but most of my experiences come from physical being to being able to push yourself past that that point where your mind says, no, we don't want to do this no more. Um, You having to do that emotional piece, I believe is, is a far more strenuous test. So Hats off to you, right? Because not everyone has that. I, I speak on this podcast about, you know, pushing and don't give up, never quit. Have a, a solid, you know, mentality, physical, uh, have a, a solid base of people who support you. I keep preaching all these things, but I want to say like going through stuff like that is the true test because like, I don't think there's anything else that can measure up to it. I mean, we all, we all go through different stages of life, but I feel like uh, your specific obstacles i mean it's it's very simple for someone to just want, want to give up if they're not mentally strong so you definitely show that you have the mental fortitude yeah but the fortitude the the fortitude doesn't come from pushing it it, it comes from allowing and it's a okay. different place so uh when on the days when it's hard for me to get up the stairs yes or uh you know, I'm watching the U.S. Open and thinking oh, I'm never going to play tennis again. On mm. those days, uh, instead of pushing that out of my mind, I'm acknowledging that to myself. Like, yes, of course, that's upsetting that you don't get to do that again. And that's different. Oh, yeah. That's that's not let's let's, you know, let's attack this head on. That's let's just let it be whatever it is. And then on the days where I feel good, I acknowledge it and just like, wow, I'm feeling really good today. This is not going to last forever. That's not how heart failure works. But man, how lucky am I that I could ride my bike into town today? Were you always able to acknowledge those things and have that same type of mentality towards it? No, cancer changed everything. So, you know, I was an athlete. I played college and soccer and coached my kids' teams and, um, you know, voted most likely to succeed in high school. It was, oh. I, it's a cliche, but um, I was very much in the mindset of the, of 
push yourself. Yes. And I still do. I, I mean, right now yeah. I don't push myself physically, but I know now I have limited time left. Let's be realistic. You know, we all don't know when we're going, but I have, I've now had my life cut short. And so I want to make sure that I make the best of what's left. But at the same time, if I have a day where I feel cruddy, either emotionally or physically or both, and I just want to watch movies from the 80s all day long <laughs> to remind go. me of high school, I do. And that's okay, that's okay, too. Okay. So then, I mean, I definitely admire that. So what do you, what are, uh, I'm trying to make sure I word this correctly. I like, n n you say you have limited time. So now that with said limited time, I believe we all have limited time, like you said. What are your goals? That's what do you right. want to do? Like, what are you trying to do with said time? So that's part of why I wrote these books. You know, um, I used to do it with parenting and now I'm doing it with health where I want to validate people's feelings and know that their uh, feelings are are okay and normal and um, and help them learn how to be resilient and how to deal with these life-threatening or, um, you know, life-changing diagnoses. That's really what I want to do is, is, um, is teach people how to support each other when somebody is sick. You know, too often we fall by, fall back on the platitudes that we've all been taught, like stay you know, stay strong and be positive is a big one of yes. uh, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, there are people who have it worse than you. There's all kinds of platitudes we fall back on. That does not make the patient feel better. That makes the patient feel more lonely. And instead, if we can offer up a very simple sentence, how is it for you today? Then they can start to feel safe to share how they really feel. And you can hold space for that. And then they can work their way through it. That's the best way to support people. And, you know, I, I don't believe in the idea that people mean well. Yeah, I mean, yes, I know people mean well when they say those things, but that's not good enough. Yes. We can learn how to do well in order to mean well. Exactly. I like that because before you just said that, I mean it's so common, you know, someone has the flu, someone has a sickness, someone's going to surgery and it's just like, Hey, feel better, get well soon, give them a card and, and call it a day. Because I, feel, I mean, even myself, yeah. I feel most people are not educated on, on how to be there for that individual. And it's not like we don't want to, we think that the, Hey, get, get well soon is okay. And uh, yeah. not thinking about the person who's going through it, whether it be minute or something severe, they might need a lot more than that. And I'm sure, you know, firsthand. Well, even so. with, even with the phrase good, get well soon, there are people who have chronic diseases that are never going to get well. They're going to have to learn how to live with it. And what happens, and I've learned this with heart failure, because the cancer was we could beat it and it's gone. And we okay. did. But the heart failure is not. It'll I'll always have heart failure. And so get well doesn't, I'll never be well. I, I'll have days where I'm better and days where I'm not. So Instead of get well, it's, you know, how can I help you today? And then offer something. Don't make them fill in the blanks because that's homework. Offer, hey, mm -hmm. listen, I know I noticed that you're out of breath today. Can I go 
pick up the kids at school? Can I go, um, you know, send you some food from Instacart, whatever it is, think of specific things, ways that you can help and offer that. Okay. Okay. Noted. I like it. And then, uh, going back to resilience, like, I mean, it sounds like you were very gung ho athletic and, and then all this happened in your life. Do you feel personally resilience has always been a part of you? Is it, or do you feel like maybe you something you've been working on and growing as time went? <laughs> uh, I, I have a story for you. So when I was in high school, Go. I played defense on the soccer team and my boyfriend's father came to watch me. And at one point he turned to my mother and said, man, she's tenacious. <laughs> it's just how I'm built. I, you know, I, I'm, I have a feeling you're the same way oh, yeah. the people 100%. listening to you are probably the same way. Right. And it's just how I'm built. But so, you know, they say that grit will get you through a lot. And I've taken Angela Duckworth has that book grit and I've taken the, her, um, test where you are, where you are in a scale from one to five in grit. And I was 4.3, mm. which is wonderful for some things but can also keep you from getting diagnosed because you can push through anything. Mm. Grit isn't always the greatest way to go. Grit is just one of the things that you need to have. Okay. Okay. For sure. So I I feel like we're definitely similar. Uh, We push. Uh, There's a phrase that a lot of, I mean, it's, it's trending. It's the younger folk. I mean, I'm not that old or that young at the same time. However, a lot of individuals saying, you know, we're built different. I'm built different. And I, and I believe you are built different. Because going through all stages of life, I mean, you haven't shown, I mean, you haven't gave up. A lot of people give up. I, I mean, I have family members who go through different sicknesses mm-hmm. and it's easy for them to say, you know, I just don't want to do this no more. Or, you know, this is really hard. And and it, it, it bothers yeah. me to see them go through it. And, and I, I can only imagine what they're feeling. But for, to see someone want to give up, it bothers me because, I mean, I'm preaching never give up. And I, I wouldn't want to to see someone give up who I care about, you know but you can't put that on somebody else. If somebody's not wired that way, if somebody uh, is having a particular bad day or if they have a diagnosis where it really is getting near the end, you you need to accept that. That when someone is truly sick and at the end and needs hospice, yes. stop the fight and just enjoy the time that you have left for them. Find out what matters to them and do that with them. Um, but doctors sometimes have a hard time uh, giving up the fight. They're, they're trained to just keep, let's do another test. Let's do another prescription. Let's mm. do another surgery. I, I, had, I wrote a, um, a palliative care book for doctors for a hospital as a medical writer mm. to, to give them the permission to let go when the patient is done. Sometimes yeah, oh, wow. even the doctors need to be told that. That's nuts. It makes you really want to, like, going back to what you're saying, like, really appreciate everyone, like, you know, seize the moment, take care of your family, t- appreciate the people that are there because, you know, life is going to be short. You you might have a, a game plan. Like, I always say, have a game plan, have a game plan. And in a blink of an eye, that game plan can completely change. And sometimes it's really hard to, I guess, adjust and keep your plan going from whatever changes that you have to accept. So... A lot of times I always preach about make make a solid plan, follow that plan, be prepared for, you know, there's going to be turns in that road. But a lot of times when something so extravagant happens in your plan, 
where it's kind of hard to cope and get back on track to keep moving towards your goals. And and I think that happens with the with everyone. But I also think like the major life events could really throw you off completely. So, I mean, you had some really major life events. However, I mean, just talking to you and seeing what you're doing, I don't think you're letting it, you know, stop you from accomplishing big goals and, and accomplishing big things that you want to do. So I appreciate you doing that. That's awesome. Now, uh, I, I do want to follow on with this. So people every day are, whether it be something with their health, something physically, emotionally, lost a job. There's so many things that could happen with someone's goals, per se. Uh, what is your advice? Because obviously you're you're a testament uh, of those bumps in the road coming and now I got to get back on track. So what would you give somebody for an advice or peace of mind? I used to have a, a Ukrainian tennis instructor who would yell at me from across the court, adjust, adjust. That's, <laughs> that's really, that's advice, not just for tennis, <laughs> that's advice for life. So if you have a plan and your plan looks one particular way and something happens to you and knocks you off the track, um, you need to adjust. Now, sometimes you're temporarily adjusting and you're able to get back. Um, and sometimes you have to get off of that trail and go somewhere completely differently. You know, they, they, they call, um, they call things your journey. And this has not been a journey for me. This has been Mr. Toad's wild ride or King Dakar or something. Oh, wow. It is not a, not a journey at all. And so I've had to learn how to adjust and, you know, um, am I sad that I, I had to give up my gym membership instead for cardiac rehab? Yes. But I, turns out I like cardiac rehab. The nurses are wonderful and they keep me from doing stupid things. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I can do now. I can't, I can't go back and, and bench press, you know, 65 pounds ever again. And oh, that'll be okay. Um, I'm also, I bought this house five years ago and it's got so many stairs. Yes. And of course I didn't think of it at 50 that that was going to be a problem for a while. And it, it is, I can't, I have to find, so I found a place I'm going to move to. That's one floor living with an elevator to it. Adjust. That's yes. it. Adjust, but also um, acknowledge how hard it is to give up the things that you love and that matter to you. For sure. For sure. I, I definitely believe in adjust uh, all, all the time. Like to the T adjusting is key uh, because things were not, Everything that you know can and will go wrong is gonna go wrong. So be ready, be prepared yeah. for that. Prepare for the worst. I mean, all those sayings are definitely true. Uh, and I, I like that you, like, I never thought about acknowledging that. For example, uh, as I got out of the military, it was a hard, really hard pill to swallow because it became a, a part of my life. Uh, say I was institutionalized, if if you will, but uh, I enjoyed it. To, now the pill to swallow to realize that. I no longer will be serving in the military because I want to put my family first. I had to accept and acknowledge the fact like I had a great time and now it's the next chapter in my life. But at first I, I, it was, it was hard for me to accept that. Like, okay, you know what? This is no longer what I will be doing. And I didn't know what to do. Like, honestly, my mental health was going up and down just thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And now I, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I was just talking to, to my wife about it today. Like, you know, everything's a blessing in disguise and I'm going to acknowledge that that chapter's over and it's time for new and great stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm welcoming or whatever's coming my way for my journey per se. 
but yeah well you 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 can acknowledge those things and uh and move on but at the same time there was something in that and i'm gonna guess it's the connection that you had with everybody else that you can get a piece of in your net like find your way to in it looks like you're doing that with this podcast oh yeah (laughs) i mean primarily the the podcast was just made to as a a platform for me i I guess for my mental health and uh sure but but at the same time if i could get have it reach others who are experiencing the same thing uh i personally you know overcame a lot of adversity in in my life and my career in the military and i think that you know this plenty of other people there and for the individuals who don't need to do it like me the individuals who have different experiences whether it be you know mental health failures successes if i could have that and bring this to the table i mean that's really what the podcast is about uh i would love for it to blow up and become super famous uh, however that's not necessarily the goal and uh, 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 excuse me at the end of the day as long as um it's doing what it, it's serving its purpose then i'm cool with that completely fine with that you're reaching people where they need it and that's a wonderful thing to do. Oh, yeah. And I think you are like a superhero. Like, I always talk, you know, I, I want people on the podcast that are, you know, who have accomplished things and have got through things. When you sent me that message, I, w- I was driving and I parked the car immediately. And I was like, oh, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was driving and, and like my phone went off and I saw where it was. And I was like, wait, somebody responded to, the, to my to my post. And I pulled over and I was with my brother and I was like, wow, look at this. Like, this is somebody who's resilient. This is a success story. This is, this is what I want. Like, this is, this is great. Like you are a true hero for, for overcoming everything that you have and for everything that you do and put everything that you're putting out there. And you are an example of resilience on the rocks. And I I love it. Thank you so much for, for coming on and recording. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. And before we uh, log off, uh, for anybody who wants to follow you, get in contact with you, see your content, uh, if you want to go ahead and throw your plugs for your websites or anything like that. Yeah, you can get the books at justdxguides.com. And you can follow me on Insta at Jen Singer said, and on Twitter at, at Jen Singer. Awesome. Sounds good. You heard it, everyone. Thank you. And I hope you enjoy it. See you on the next episode of Resilience on the Rocks.